Friday, March 30th, and until today, I had never met a, a man who struck out to end a softball game. <laughs> but, alas, Nando DeVito is here, and he had an eventful Thursday night, didn't he? I just want to <laughs> preface this. I've been in South Florida for two weeks without a house. You know, I'm staying in my uncle's spare bedroom. All right, I've been working 12-hour days. <laughs> I haven't played softball in a, in a year. I mean, this is March, man. You're not supposed to be ready to play softball until June, you know, where I come from. Uh, That's true. And I didn't know that you only get two two strikes. You start with a 1-1 one, one count. No one told me that. Oh. So, uh, so would you chase a pitch? I chase two pitches. <laughs> <laughs> but let me put it this way. I mean, I, I can... This does have value. I can see where Adam Dunn and Dan Ugler ran into problems, you know, after moving very far away from their homes, uh, trying to acclimate themselves to new area. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe he'll bounce back. That's what I'm going to say. Second game, I'm going to bounce back, and that's why I'm going to go hard after uh, Adam Dunn and Dan. I've been there now. I can relate to, obviously, Adam Dunn and Dan Ugler. Good. <laughs> this, is, this is the silver lining. But you, but you also fell down trying to catch a fly ball, right? You know what the problem is with that is... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. Adam, thanks, man. Good podcast. Hey, I'll yeah, see you no, later. <laughs> I hope the crowd can hear that microphone hit Yeah, boom. you should tell me things before we go on the air. You should tell me those stories this after. Is why I tell this you is all part of the adjustment process. This is process. why I say before we go on the air. So was, was like, your offense affecting your defense or, or uh, vice versa? Or? Al, I, I wish I had an answer for you. <laughs> I, I just, you know, like Jamie, Jamie Eisenberg, you know, if we were going to add a little star power to this uh-huh. here. Uh, he asked, you know, he's like, can you play? I'm like, yeah, but look, I haven't played in a while. You know, I haven't swung a bat in about a year and a half. Uh, that's not good. Well, we'll put you in but the yeah. category of worst spring performers, which is what we're going to talk about today. <laughs> Best <laughs> oh, Thank you. Exactly. Yeah. I will consider this my spring training. Yes. Okay. Well, hopefully your stats won't mean much. And, then, of course, we'll, we'll mention some of the good performances and bad performances with the – you know, the caveat that spring stats probably don't mean all that much in many cases. So we'll sort out which ones mean a lot, which ones don't. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash CBS Sports Fantasy Baseball. On Twitter, at CBS Fantasy BB, at Nando CBS, that's N-A-N-D-O, at Al Melk CBS, Al M-E-L-C, uh, at CBS Scott White, at Adam Azer, A-I-Z-E-R, and email us, fantasybaseball at cbsinteractive.com. Yeah, so today's our spring training kind of recap show. And we'll do some emails a bit later. If we have time, we'll get to round 16 through 20 of the Roto Draft. Uh, some quick notes. Miguel Cabrera set to start today. Neftali Feliz will be the fifth starter for the Rangers. Yu Darvish, the number four starter. He is set to go right now. looks like April 9th, which would be the beginning of Fantasy Week 2. Al, do we have a timetable on Carl Crawford? We do. Um, and that's been something that's been in flux. But it looks like probably no earlier than early May. Will we see Carl Crawford playing again? How do you feel about that, Nando, as you drafted him in the in the podcast league? I didn't draft him for April, man. I drafted him for a full season, baby. <laughs> okay. But I am kind of worried about his backups. I don't know who you want in there. Like like in Boston, you know, who's going to play for Carl Crawford? Is he going to be any good? Uh, Cody Ross and, uh, yeah, probably Kalish, not so good. Ryan Kalish is going to get in the mix Well, there? He's, uh, I think he's uh, still coming back from his own injury, so I don't think we'll see Kalish till maybe July, oh. I'm guessing. So. Cody Ross. Yeah. AL only? Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. Lomo and Stanton looking good for opening looking day? Looking good, yeah. Um, after some not-so-great reports, especially on Lomo recently, uh, they both played in a minor league game on Thursday, are making the trip to Vieira to play the Nationals today, Friday. And if they appear in that game, and I don't see why they wouldn't since they're making the trip, uh, I believe that would make them ineligible for uh, the DL uh starting on on uh, opening day so or if they went on the 
The, well, the backdated DL, you mean? Right, right. Which like March 26th or something like that. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, the, the, the timing is such that I think if they wanted, you know, if they were worried about... Yeah, basically the, if you want the guy to spend the minimum amount of time on the DL, if they're playing in a spring training game instead of a minor league game at this point... That's a good sign in terms that's, of their health. That's a very, very good sign. So, um, you know, both are looking pretty good for opening day right now. Jeff Samarja and Chris Volstad made the Cubs rotation. Nando, who do you like, if, if either? Out of those two, uh, I think Samarja is going to give you a chance for more strikeouts. I, I, I'd, I'd say otherwise, the two are actually very similar. If you look at their, their numbers and the, you know, their ERA, their whip, their, you know, obviously their wins are on the same team. Uh, so I guess I'd lean with Samarja and strikeouts, even though Volstad's been there. Um, you know, and put up like that 4.20, 1.34 kind of line. You know, Samarja, I don't know. Yeah, higher I, ceiling for sure. Yeah. More strikeouts, I think. Uh, you, you definitely more potential for strikeouts with Samarja. And uh, Volstad's a guy who's really given up a lot of homers over his career for a guy who supposedly uh, relies on a sinker ball. <laughs> and uh, that's not going to get any better in Wrigley Field. So. The only thing that, I, that makes me... You know the the other shoulder there, the little devil on the shoulder, saying Volstad is that Volstad's been a starter for you know pretty much forever. Smarja, you know, goes back and forth a little bit. He's been primarily a reliever, you know, for the last few years, uh, getting spot starts here. I think he had like two or three starts for the Cubs last year, and he's just mixed in. So that's the only thing. Volstad knows how to start, I guess, yeah. if you want to give him that kind of edge. But. Well, these are deeper league guys, though, right? I mean, you're not touching them in mixed leagues, are you? Uh, well, I mean, Smarja might be a, a crafty little, very deep. Last bench pick, yeah, uh, I, th- I think sixteen so. team, you know that kind of thing. And I'm saying I like Samarja better, but I actually made a case in a recent column that Volstad could be a pitcher ditch guy, um, depending on on his matchups. So yeah, you know, I wouldn't draft him in a mixed league, but I wouldn't have him oh, totally right. off my radar either. Okay. Uh, Indians and Angels working on a trade that would send Bobby Abreu to Cleveland. Keep an eye on that one. And Juan Pierre made the Phillies roster. Al, can he help in Roto? He stole 27 bags last year, but not a very good success rate, 44 attempts. So he was caught 17 times. Yeah, and I don't see Pierre getting that much playing time. And, you know, with steals, that's probably the category where you worry the least about playing time because, you know, guy gets in as a pinch runner, part-time player. So Pierre has some low-end appeal in Roto, but nothing more than that. And I, on our last little note here before we get into the spring training stats, I am going to Marlins Yankees Sunday. Looking forward to that. You going to see the, the fish <laughs> the, when they hit the home runs? <laughs> I may see you there. I'm probably not going to stick around for the game, but I actually have a, a work assignment at the uh, oh, really? stadium on Sunday. So Yeah, I haven't been to the stadium yet. So I think I'm going. I'm supposed to have four free tickets unless it's a big April Fool's joke because that is <laughs> April 1st. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> that should, it should be a lot of fun. If I, they don't give them to you, we'll trash them on this podcast yeah, and ruin their reputation. I, I think it's Sabathia, Nalasco. I'm not sure about that. Oh, that's a nice even matchup. <laughs> I'm not sure. It's, uh, I could be totally wrong. <laughs> the best of spring training. Aroldis Chapman had a nice spring, 2-0, 212 ERA. 17 hits in 18 innings. He did fan 18. All right. So, Nando, we know you took a $1 bid on him in the Tout Wars. You're hoping he gets some, some opportunities to close. We said yesterday, closer by committee. Is there any chance he makes the rotation, though? Oh, sure. That's why he's such a ridiculous $1. I didn't think – I think he, he should have gone for 7 or 8. I mean, look, in a worst-case scenario with what people are predicting for Rollis Chapman – he makes the rotation and gets a you know crap load of strikeouts and is, he's a very you know, low ERA. Who knows what the whip will be? But 
Uh, well, I guess the worst worst case scenario is that he goes in the middle relief yeah, and still gets you a ton yeah. of. Stuff. That's the worst worst case scenario. But of the three, like you know, number one, obviously, you'd like to get the saves from him. Number two, I think, as a starter, he's obviously proven that he can handle that. Uh, you know, number three, very high strikeout middle reliever who will be backup if the you know if the closer by committee fails. Okay, um, Al, what do you make of the of his spring? Because the I know we talked about this yesterday with the closer situation, but what do you think his chances are to start? Uh, better than I thought just a couple of days right, ago, because right. with the injuries in their bullpen, uh, I thought for sure the Chapman would be, you know, set up role or maybe, you know, part of that, com- uh, closer committee. But, uh, yeah, he's still in the mix for, uh, the starting rotation and Homer Bailey hasn't really done a whole lot to convince the Reds that they should just hand him that spot. So, uh, you know, I would give him, you know, just off the top of my head, maybe 33, 40% chance of uh, being in that rotation. Braves starting pitcher Mike Miner, Al, 2.25 ERA in uh, 24 innings. 14 hits, 19 strikeouts. Thoughts? Yeah, nice. And I think he can uh, replicate not those exact numbers, but uh, some good numbers. Uh, he'll be in the rotation, and uh, you know, I don't think he's going to lose that spot. So uh, I think Miner... I think Myers has been a little bit underrated in a lot of drafts this year. I'm going to let Al take this next one, too, because you've had some debates with, with Scott on, on Francisco Liriano. But he's had a very nice spring. Have you, um, have you kind of raised your expectations for nah, him at all? No, just too, too much of a roller coaster ride with him over the last couple of seasons. So, uh, you know, this is just a, a, a nice... You know, upward swing on the roller coaster. I'm still waiting for the the down again. You know, that's probably overstating a little bit. I mean, uh, it's just all a question of how healthy Liriano can stay. I got an Azer. I got an Azer special for you. An Azer fantasy tip, Francisco. No, 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 not a fantasy oh, tip. Okay. You know, I'm talking about the podcast. It's only Adam Azer. Let's try an Azer. Let's try and stump the experts. Adam Azer question. Uh, I, because I did this in my chat, and it was almost—it was pretty dead even. It was Johan Santana or Francisco Liriano. Who would you rather have on your team? Oh, I'd go Liriano in a second. I would too, actually, even though we were just discussing moments <laughs> yeah, yeah. ago about how uh, you know we liked a certain situation where we thought we could get uh, Santana at a bargain. But uh, I still think Santana's the riskier guy, both in terms of health and performance. How about you, Nando? I, you know, I... Uh... <sighs> I don't know. That's why I put it up there. I was kind of torn myself. It was fifty-fifty. It wasn't. Really, I mean, I don't remember what the results were, and I think you can still vote if you go to the the old chat. But uh, I, I like Liriano a lot. Uh, there's just something about you know Santana seems like the guy you could pass up, who would then have this ridiculous season. You're like, you know, why did I take Francisco Liriano instead of Johan Santana? Could go either way. It could go either way. That's know, why. But you're right. Risk. So the risk kind of outweighs it. You know, uh, Hiroki Kuroda, good spring. He's uh, the Yankees' number two starter. Nando, he's going after guys like Scherzer, Jaime Garcia, Justin Masterson, Derek Holland, Brandon Morrow, Clay Buckholtz. What do you think about Kuroda? Should he be ahead of those guys in the middle? What, you know, what are your I, thoughts? I think maybe, you know, just, just first instinct, I'd say maybe ahead. He's not going to get you a lot of strikeouts, but I think he's proven that he's a, uh, you know, he's a very... The problem with the Yankees is no one knows how that park plays with some of these new pitchers. We talk about him. We talk about... Uh, uh, Pineda? Pineda, thank yeah. you. That, I mean, those are the two things when you're asking about them. Any other park, if Kuroda was still pitching for the Dodgers, say, I think he'd be ahead of, of maybe everyone but Scherzer on here. Right, so I guess the question for, that I'd have for you, since I'm trying to stump the experts all the time, yeah, of course, is man, that, yeah. how, how much are you putting into the park factor when you evaluate Kuroda? I put a little bit into it, but I mean, if you're a good enough pitcher, you're not going to really let the park affect you. I, I think Kuroda's shown that you know he's got a low whip, he's got a lower and run average pretty much every year. Um, he just doesn't excite me because he doesn't have the strikeouts. So maybe you're asking the wrong person. But if this is just one of those, you know, maybe like a points league or uh, or something like yeah. that, where you know it kind of values the the good pitcher, not so much strikeouts like Roto. 
I think I'd put him uh, behind Scherzer. I'd move Buckholtz up a little bit. Um, Garcia down. But, yeah, I think I'd go Scherzer, Corota, Buckholtz, and then the rest of the guys. Um, and, you know, Michael Pineda might have to worry about park factor at Scranton Wilkes-Barre from AAA <laughs> right now. Well, hopefully no more by Monday, our next show. <laughs> Brewers starting pitcher Zach Greinke. His ERA is under one. Not sure we like him a lot, so we could probably skip him, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah skip him? It's a Cy Young candidate. Okay. Yeah. So is he a number one for you or number two? Uh, number one. Low end, but number one. Cardinals pitcher Lance Lynn. I, I know I bring him up a lot, and I know we say that they want him in the bullpen, but the carpenter injury, who knows? And Lynn has had a good spring. So is he worth owning now, Al? Oh, he is. Um, but again, he the Cardinals have said that he's going straight back to a setup role after Carpenter comes back. And, but uh, could this be – could Carpenter – I mean, could he just have a lingering injury? Or sure, sure he could. Um, so, you know, there's the, the risk involved. But, you know, the timetable right now, which is very, very fuzzy with Carpenter, looks like some, maybe sometime around May. Um, so you're still talking about limited shelf life for Lance Lynn as a starter. But, uh, you know, in NL only leagues, I mean, why not? Yeah. Uh, okay, to the hitters. Marlins third baseman Hanley Ramirez has had a big spring and he and Jose Reyes, they're boys now, and they dyed their hair the same color. You see that, Nando? Uh, yeah, I, I looked it up after I saw the rundown immediately. I'm like, i got to see what this means. I yeah, don't know. Uh, and then I, they asked Omar Infante about it, and he said, no way, too ugly, if he was, was going to join the, uh, the craze. But that's going to mess up the whole infield. Yeah, I know, right? Um, <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't look very good. But anyway, Hanley Ramirez, he went in the first round in our draft, in our podcast league draft, and we talked about that. Um, but are you uh, encouraged by the spring? I'm a humongous fan of him, regardless of what he does in the spring. I, I think he's he's a great bounce back candidate, and yeah, I think it's kind of not dumb, but I, I think it's kind of weird that people are looking at just last year when he had an injury. You know, when, when he was all I mean, he had all these factors working against him. He's got a he's got a great new coach now. He's got a great hitting coach. Uh, he seems very happy, you know, with the position change all of a sudden. I think he sees he's got this great team around him now. They went out and they got, you know, Jose Reyes. And, and you know, Mike Stanton's got another year in his development. So I, I don't know why people aren't taking him in the first round. First seven or eight picks. Yeah, top three pick last year. Uh, Royals, Royals first baseman Eric Hosmer. Al, this guy is raking. 26 RBIs in spring training. That's the most in baseball. And I guess I am the go-to guy for this one because I've been – uh, a wet blanket about Hosmer all spring. Yeah, what's uh, <laughs> what's the deal? So uh, yeah, still show show me in the regular season. Um, you know, it, and again, I mean, Hosmer is a guy who he could definitely make me look very dumb on this because uh, you know he's got all sorts of potential, but you know, lots of guys with with potential um, that that don't always uh, pan out to the extent that you think that they will. And I still, I still just haven't seen enough power from Hosmer in those tough. Uh, Parks like like the one he's got to play half his games in Kauffman Stadium, and, and that's what worries me about him. Which other Royal has you the most excited? Lorenzo Cain, four fourteen, five home runs, two steals. Billy Butler and Alex Gordon. Uh, give me the one that stands out to you, Nando. Uh, I think Lorenzo Cain has just been he's like he's tattooed on my brain because I've had so many questions about him. Oh really? Oh dude, on Twitter, everywhere, everyone just what Twitter chats, regular emails, just friends. <laughs> what's up? What's up with Lorenzo Cain? What's up with Lorenzo Cain? So, uh, he's got. I mean, if there's one player in all of baseball right now who I just, I, I wish someone could just tell me what he'll do this year. Like you know, just go ahead, to October. Tell me what he's going to do. I wish it would be Lorenzo Cain because I, I can't take any more Lorenzo Cain speculation. What have you been advising? 
I'm saying I don't know. Like, you know, if you look at Kane's minor league numbers, and, and I, I think I put this in a column, is that you don't know if he's going to have, you know, 30 home runs and 10 steals or, or 15 home runs and 30 steals. He, he's just – he's all over the place. I mean, he has a lot of talent, and he's going to be a great pick, but I just don't know where his value is going to come from yet. Yeah, well, I'm not counting on the homers, you know, for the same reason with Kane. Or, no, with Kane. We are talking about Kane. With, with Hosmer. Yeah. Hosmer. yeah. Um, you know, and yeah, he had a nice little power boost last season. Uh, you know, before last year, you never would have thought about Kane as a power guy. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm not counting on it. And yeah, the steals, you're right, they've been sort of all, all over the place. But you know that he, he, or at least he should, hit for something close to 300. He's Melky. He could be Melky Cabrera. Yeah. He could be getting the same numbers from Melky Cabrera. Yep. Yeah, good. Uh, but you just, you know, you're in that draft. Let me show everyone how smart I am. I'm taking Lorenzo Kane. <laughs> but you don't Would have you to. rather have Kane or Angel Pagan, who's having a terrible spring, hitting under 200? See, I'd probably rather have Pagan uh, because I think this, he's probably going to steal a lot more bases and give you a similar batting average. Um, all right, let's move down. Delman Young, 38, or 38, 388. <laughs> This is a significantly better than a 38 batting average. Five home runs, 19 runs batted in for Delman Young, Nando. Looking good. Whatever happened when he went to the Tigers, it just straightened him. You're talking about a number one overall pick in the draft who just, for whatever reason, didn't put it all together until he was traded to the Tigers. And, I mean, that's the only thing I can go with. That's all I can think of to explain why Delman Young has suddenly found a power stroke and is, is hitting for average. You buying it, Al? Uh, not, not to this extent, but, you know... With what Nando said, I mean, he hasn't stopped hitting since he came to Detroit. Uh, I chalk some of that up to Park Factor, but there's something else going on there. I'm not sure what it is, but uh, I certainly like Young a lot better than I did, uh, you know, oh, about last May. Let's talk about some guys who are fighting for playing time. Twins infielder Luke Hughes, he is having a big-time spring, 373 batting average, and his manager, Ron Gardenhire, had some complimentary things to say about him. So Luke Hughes, Ben Revere... Gregor Blanco in San Francisco, and let's go with Joe Mather for the Cubs at third base, and Rockies outfielder Tyler Colvin. Again, Luke Hughes, Ben Revere, Gregor Blanco, Tyler Colvin, Joe Mather. Al, uh, who stands out on that list? Uh, I tell you, just about everybody. Uh, Hughes, I would say Hughes really does stand out because he's got, now it appears, a, a pretty legitimate shot at being the regular second baseman, uh, the twin second baseman. Um, and he's hit, as you mentioned, uh, five home runs. I don't think that's fluky. I mean, this is a guy who's got really nice power for a middle infielder, but I absolutely do not buy the 373 batting average because the reason he has such good power for middle infielder is that he's, he's a pretty big-time fly ball hitter. Um, now again, playing at target field that could get him into trouble. Yeah. A lot of fly, fly outs for him, but, um, yeah, he's, he's somebody to watch and definitely somebody to take a flyer on in AL only leagues. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How about, how about this Hughes or Danny Espinosa who oh. has had a terrible spring? I'd still go, go with Espinosa. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, let's run down that list again. Hughes, Revere, Gregor Blanco, Colvin and Mather. Nando, who stands out for you? Uh, Tyler Colvin, he's been kind of like a pet project of mine for the last few years. Again, like just like a Delman Young, I think he was like a third overall pick uh, five or six years ago. Never developed. He had that little run with the Cubs. I think that was, was two years ago. Last yeah, season. before that terrible uh, yeah. accident with the the bat. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, he was he was looking great um, for short spurts. I don't know what Colorado's going to do to him, but you know, keep in mind he can play not just the outfield. He can go over to first base a little bit uh, if they need it. I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I like Hughes, like, like Al said. I just don't want to double up on him. But I think Colvin, 
very deep leagues, you know, national league only leagues. Monitor if he's he's in the mix for maybe even you know a platoon. He could he could hit a lot, you know, just grab the job outright. He's got that kind of talent. Obviously, people thought he did enough to draft yeah. him that high. Uh, Brandon Belt, Al, for the Giants, big spring. Yeah, and it uh, doesn't look like it's going to matter, at least uh, not right away. Uh, you know, that situation with the outfield and first base is still unsettled, but it seems like the Giants keep on leaning away from Belt. So um, in NL-only leagues, I would hang on to him, stash him if he uh, winds up back in the minors. Uh, I think he'll rake once they give him a, a chance and let him, you know, let him work things out. Gregor Blanco or Juan Pierre? I'd say uh, Gregor Blanco because he's got the better shot of playing time right now. I'm without as much as I'd like to say Juan Pierre. I think I got to go Gregor Blanco, but Juan Pierre could just if you if you're rotisserie, I think you you can take a chance with Juan Pierre and hope that he just racks up a bunch of steals randomly when he you know when he comes in, maybe a pinch runner here and there, maybe a maybe playing you know every fifth day something like that. But you know it's not it's not the the strongest Phillies outfield right now either. They got some injuries in there. They got some some limping limping guys. And a nice segue into our struggling <laughs> spring training uh, position players and pitchers because John Mayberry having a bad spring, 188, no home runs, eight RBIs. All the uh, stats, by the way, are entering Friday, entering March 30th. So uh, if you're hearing this after that, and you know, Mayberry probably hits three home runs today with my <laughs> luck, but uh, he's not having a good spring, Nando. Are you concerned? Um, you know, maybe just a little bit. I mean, it's, it's not like you're talking about Shane Victorino, who's an established major leaguer here. You're talking about Mayberry, who didn't really have intermittent playing time. It didn't get, you know, 600 plate appearances. It seems like he, he could be expendable if they don't like him for whatever reason. I mean, I know a lot of people say they never look at spring training stats, but if Pierre plays really well and Mayberry doesn't, you know, it, it could. I'm not in the coaches' heads. I don't know what the staff's thinking there in Philly, what their opinion of Mayberry is. I know they like him. They, they put him in a lot, enough last year to to merit us talking about him as someone yeah. who had a bad spring training. So I don't know. Maybe the, maybe the presence of Pierre might, might nudge him aside a little bit. Well, I know if Al were managing the Phillies, they, he wouldn't like Mayberry as much as uh, Charlie Manuel. No. You haven't been high on Mayberry. Not at all. So this doesn't concern me. If anything, it just sort of reinforces you know, my notions. It actually doesn't even do that because, you know, Small sample alert on all these stats, yeah, right? Yeah, of you know, and and on top of that, you know, it's not normal conditions too, because you're playing against guys who are really single A, double A, triple A players in some instances. You know, all those usual disclaimers. Um, but yeah, I mean, if if Pierre's going to get some playing time, I mean, Mayberry's another wild card in that situation where you know if he doesn't pick it up, then uh, that does give Pierre a chance to uh, to get some more reps. Al, are you worried at all about Mike Moustakis, who has three walks and 19 strikeouts this spring, Royals' third baseman? Yeah, I am a little bit. And again, not necessarily because of that stat line, but at least, you know, if, if he could narrow that gap between the walks and the strikeouts a bit, it would give me something to to uh, hang my hat on going into the season. But uh, yeah, I think Moustakis could uh, have some sophomore struggles. Moustakis or Mark Reynolds? Al? Reynolds by a mile. Nando? Uh, I like Reynolds' power. I gotta go with Reynolds. Prado or Mustakas? I kind of like Prado actually right now. I think Prado's—he's—he's he's not getting enough respect in these drafts. Al? Yeah, Prado. Mustakas or David Freeze? You're gonna have to keep going down because I'll take Freeze. How about a Viles? Mustakas or a Viles? Uh, Aviles. Aviles. Yeah. Uh, okay, you got me. That's there. what I'm here for. Yeah. <laughs> we, we have a winner. I'll take Mustakis. Mustakis over Mike Aviles. <laughs> okay. 
Okay. I'm sorry. No, that's You think right. he's vile. <laughs> Good moment of comedy there. Brave shortstop Tyler Pasternicki has struggled. What is the latest with the Brave shortstop situation? I'll take, I'll take Moustakas over Pasternicki. Uh, yeah, me too. Yeah. I vote with Al. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, I think that, you know, we've been told and been reading that that uh, shortstop Al is going to go right down to the wire and uh, uh, advertised uh, or truth in advertising there. Um, you know, so... Pastor Nicky is not doing anything to really solidify his his position, and uh, Simmons is uh, still in the hunt. And and, and if Pastor Nicky wins out, you know I don't think you're going to see much offense from him. I so, think you're right. Yeah. I'm yeah. yeah, I'm with you. on that's a not not a John McDonaldy kind of guy. That's but that's what I'm, I'm seeing him as. You know those kind of numbers. Where yeah, he's serviceable in, in those leagues where you get runs, obviously, and not, maybe not much else. I yeah. don't know why I have so many Braves. On today's show, I even skipped over Freddie Freeman. Uh, a lot of Braves, a lot of Phillies, and a lot of Royals. But Jair Jurgens, he did have a good start last time out, but he had been pretty bad up to that point, and his ERA is over seven. And uh, that seems to be an organization with some pitching depth. So, are we concerned about Jair Jurgens, Nando? I'd be a little concerned. I mean, he's again, you know, going back to Mayberry, he's not one of he's one of those guys who kind of. Up and down, up and down. You know he's going to start. He's going to he's going to go down to Triple A Gwinnett. He's going to come back up. So uh, you know, like you said, the pitching depth is right there. It's tough to make a case if you're pitching, unless I mean, unless you're like you know he's working a slider. You know, let's put him out there for a game to work yeah. a slider you know, or his, his changeup or one of those pitches. So he just went out and threw all of the one same pitch, and they didn't care if they hit him. So if you're drafting today, you're going to take Ivan Nova or Jair Jurgens, Al. Whew. Um. You know, I'm probably taking Jurgens just because I I think and hope not that I have anything at all against Nova, but since it yeah. looks like Garcia is in the rotation, I'm hoping that they go with Pineda. And to me, that's the sensible thing. So I worry about Nova's job security. Jurgens or Johan Santana? Jurgens. I'm gonna go with Johan Santana. He's got a role. He's pitching. He's like the Mets number two. Well, I think Jurgens uh, has a job too. Um, I just he I actually think he's less risky than Santana. I, you're, you're taking you're taking the higher ceiling move. It's what gutsy. I, I, I I play craps and you're playing blackjack, Al. <laughs> that's, that's what we're doing here. <laughs> Al splits tens. Al might, Al might walk out with more money than me, but I had a fun time doing it. Are anybody anybody concerned at all about Roy Halladay? Um, he's also another guy who improved later in the spring, but had the velocity issues. Raise your hand if you're worried about Halliday. My hand is not raised. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Okay. How about Edwin Jackson? Haven't talked too much about him for the Nationals. 28 hits in 23 innings and an ERA over 5. Does he have any mixed league value? I personally think he's a terrible pitcher. <laughs> Even if he's a terrible pitcher, he might have some mixed league value. He's just He has peaks and valleys, and that's the problem with him. And if you, I mean, Al, you did the column about how to maximize the inconsistent hitters. I, I think this is, this is the perfect guy on the flip side of that, the pitchers. And I don't think, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I didn't include him on the inconsistent pitchers. Bad on me because he's the poster child for that. Yeah, it's, it's insane trying to figure out when he's going to have a good six games in a row and when he's going to have those bad six yeah. games in a row. I guess I'd pick him up after like the second good game in a row. Yeah. <laughs> just hope for four more. Uh, how about Jackson or Jurgens? Jurgens. I like Jackson. I like Jackson. I'm, I'm coming across like, like this big Jurgens yeah. fan. No, I'm giving really you not. some somewhat lousy options, but no, Nando likes. Look Jackson. at Jackson's defense; he's he's pitching on a. He's probably angry. He's pitching on a one-year contract. No one bit, you know, after a very good season last year. I think. Well, not a very good season for him. A season that showed a lot of promise. Yeah. And you know, he's he's playing on a one-year contract, so you know, he's in a contract year, and he's also kind of motivated to show that you should have given me a three or four-year deal at least. Any update on Daniel Bard, who has had a bad spring? 
Well, after supposedly being out of favor for the rotation, uh, now he's a favorite to be in it. I don't think anything's been definitively uh, decided there. But uh, he's he's been up and down this spring, and the reports on him, the scouting reports have been mixed too. So, uh, yeah, I would expect a roller coaster ride with him as well. If he makes the rotation, is this kind of what you're expecting? Or are you expect like uh, ups, ups and downs? Ups and downs, but the overall result, I would expect something better, certainly, ups. than what, what than what he's given. Um, I've drafted him in a few leagues just because he is RP eligible, and with the, the high upside, uh, he could wind up being a guy who could be really useful in head-to-head. Pirates starting pitcher James McDonald, trying to go a little bit deeper here. Um, he just got absolutely obliterated in his last start. Uh, any hope for him this season, Nando? It's this is perennial with James McDonald. Like, is there hope for James McDonald and strikeouts and everything? He, it's, he did make the cut, by the way, in the inconsistent pitchers column. So <laughs> there you go. But was he a home road splits guy? Uh, you know, he is. But actually, I focus more on the righty lefty because that's even more of a, a disparity there. So um, yeah, he's you he just if you get him uh, at home against a bunch of righties, <laughs> you're you're solid. I loved his reaction yesterday too. He's like, oh, you know, thank God it was spring training. That's it. That's what, that's what his reaction after the game. Hey, man, you gave up 10 runs in then a four and two-thirds innings, or maybe three and two-thirds innings. So, oh, it's spring training. <laughs> Thank goodness. Yeah. Uh, he's, you know, he doesn't take things too seriously, I guess. It's a good thing. Um, Padres starting pitcher Edison Volquez. And this is a guy I really like. I like targeting him late. Uh, but he's not having a good spring, Nando, so I feel like an idiot. No, no, I don't think uh, – I mean – I don't think you should feel dumb for liking him, especially what we've heard with Volquez is he's going to have that bigger park in San Diego to pitch with, and you know you know him for a strikeout. So that's a nice combination, I think, once they actually break camp and start the regular season. Um, you know his numbers haven't been great, but again, this is one of those those park effect matchups that I actually look at because he's going from a very tiny hitter friendly one to a humongously large pitcher friendly one. I don't know what that means in terms of his spring training stats, but I mean, unless something pops up with an injury. He might just be one of those guys who's, you know, just pitching his way into, into shape. You know, there's really only one stat that's a bad stat for Volquez because he's, he's 2-0 with a 3-4-8 ERA and a 1-11 whip, which are, those are really good numbers. He is. But I, I did, yeah, but I asked him to be on the list <laughs> oh, oh, oh. because he's walked 11 guys in 20 and two-thirds innings, and he's only struck out 13. This is what got him into trouble last I season. See, I see. So I do, despite the good surface stats, I, I'm worried about Volquez. Okay. We went a little bit deeper than the surface stats, so you are worried about him. Oh yeah, worried to the point where you would pass him up in mixed leagues because he's a late round guy right now. Yeah, no, I would. Um, I, yeah, I would look at in mixed leagues. I would definitely look for what I would feel is a safer option, like Johan Santana. No. You know, that, oh, that's where I go, <laughs> Santana. Because not that he's a safe option, but you know, I'm I'm willing to roll the dice with him than you know with a guy who's had really big control issues. Okay, uh, and and is still having them. And, I, you know, you put Mike Pelfrey on here, Al, you add it to the notes. And I was going to put Mike Pelfrey on, but he's Mike Pelfrey. He's so bad. It's like... <laughs> yeah, hard to argue that. Yeah, it's like, I'm not surprised he's having a bad spring. I mean, he's pretty fantasy irrelevant, right? Unless you're talking deep leagues where, like, any starter is relevant. Well, I tell you what, I did pick him up in an NL only, and it was very late, and it was just, you know, depth. I don't hopefully plan on using Pelfrey, but um, I don't know. To me, the fact that he was so bad, the Mets considered cutting him. That's you know that to me was kind of surprising. Mm. But you're right, not not very relevant if at all in any sort of mixed league format. Well, we had we took a little shot at Mike Pelfrey, I guess. So sorry, Mike. And I gave you Nando a great opportunity to uh, 
to call me an idiot about Volquez. No, no, no. And, and it was I called you out at the beginning of the show about softball. I thought look, we I'll use that back we use softball me. to make an analogy. <laughs> So it worked out well. Yeah. And then I hope that after next week's game, uh, we can give another recap of my I hope know, so. cobweb shaking off performance. Looking forward to next Friday's show. Absolutely. <laughs> Buying my own bat. I'm going to the cages. We got some emails here. Fantasy Baseball at CBSInteractive.com. Luke in New Jersey. Coco Crisp, Sinshu Chu, or Lomo as my out- and Lomo as my outfielders in a 12-team head-to-head league. So, again, it's Chu, Crisp, and Logan Morrison. Thinking of doing one of two possible trades, I get Bruce for Beachy or get Ethier and Teixeira for Dunn and Ryan Zimmerman. And he has Miguel Cabrera to move to third. So he wants to upgrade his outfield. Would you give up Beachy for Jay Bruce or would you give up Adam Dunn and Ryan Zimmerman for Ethier and Teixeira? I'm trying to find the the catch here with this Ethier and right? Tex one. I mean, that yeah. looks like an, uh, just a no-brainer. And I even kind of like Bruce for Beachy, but that's a pretty even trade. But this Ethier-Tex one, I think you have to do that. Yeah, dog. Do it. Um, <laughs> our Nick, a Mariners fan, we posed this question, and he said, even as a Mariners fan, the Jeter-Ichiro question, I recognize that Jeter has had the better career. Length of career is not the only reason. His on-base percentage slugging and BABIP are all higher than Ichiro's, and the postseason matters, or else we wouldn't spend all season trying to get there. Jeter's blinged-out fingers are indicative not only of good teams he's been a part of, but his career 839 OPS in the postseason as well. Uh, Any arguments, any problems with that argument? What do you think? Not really. And actually, we talked about this uh, after, uh, I think it was the last show, and I was saying, you know, it was very even. But then afterwards, I said, you know, actually, I think Jeter does have a pretty considerable edge, especially when you consider his numbers for his position. Were you on the Ichiro versus Jeter show, or was that a Scott When show? we just randomly brought that up at the end? Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. I was here for that. Okay. I <laughs> just wanted to make sure you knew what we were talking about. <laughs> I'm, in the, I'm in the loop. Uh, Ryan from L.A., hey, you wild wahoos. Wait, was that just total Yankees propaganda that you read there? That's not even a question. Uh, <laughs> hey, guys, I don't have a question. Just the Yankees are so much better. No, I, I don't know. Uh, I, thought, I thought I was hoping we'd get more mind. feedback on it. I know you don't mind. <laughs> um, but I thought it was interesting. Anyway, Ryan from L.A., wild wahoos, 16-team, 5x5 head-to-head league. I need some speed in my lineup. Here are the available guys. Tyler Green. Jordan Schaefer, Cliff Pennington, Jason Bourgeois, Tony Campana, Willie Bloomquist, Eric Young. Tyler Green, Jordan Schaefer, Cliff Pennington, Jason Bourgeois, Tony Campana, Willie Bloomquist, Eric Young. I like hey. Pennington. I I was going to say either Pennington or Bloomquist. Just uh, Kirk Gibson seems to like Bloomquist, and Bloomquist seems to have the wheels to steal a lot of bases in limited playing time. Um, Which might not really be so limited. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I mean, Kirk Gibson obviously is going to let them run. It's just, uh, you know, Pennington seems like he'd get more at-bats than Bloomquist. Yeah. Uh, what about uh, Gregor Blanco? <laughs> this is the theme today, huh? Is he? Yeah, well. You know, because he's having a good spring, and he might get some more playing time. Is he worse than all those guys, or worse than Pennington at the very least? Um, I probably like him better than at least some of the guys on the list, this list. Um, Campana, Young, maybe even Schaefer. See now that you have to bring you have to bring the theme of the I show. It ties it all together. The- <laughs> it's like when you go out of a Broadway show, just whistling that. Th- <laughs> there it is. People are going to be thinking Gregor Blanco all day long now. Thanks I, to you. I hope so. Uh, high fantasy farm animals. This comes from Sean in Idaho. I, I don't know if he's talking about me, but uh, twelve team standard scoring head to head keeper league. 
I've got a trade offer I was kicking around. I would give up Jose Reyes and get Desmond Jennings and Sean Marshall. To give up Jose Reyes for Desmond Jennings and Sean Marshall. Is it worth it? Nando. Uh, I'd like it a lot more if Marshall had already been named the closer. Um, even with just Reyes for Jennings, though, I don't know. I guess the advice I would give is, is if this guy's obviously willing to give up someone who has the potential to be a closer, go back and get someone who actually has value right now and not just a speculative Sean Marshall pick. Reyes for Jennings is kind of close all on its own, but, you know, why not? If the guy's going to offer something else and he says, no, it'll be Sean Marshall, then I might take it. I have to see what the rest of his, his lineup looks like, obviously, who he can slot in at shortstop, but uh, it's not a terrible deal by any means. Okay. Matt from Maine, uh, what's the deal with Johnny Peralta? Is he worth rostering in a 10-team head-to-head league? Our current free agents are Zach Cozart, Ian Desmond, and Cliff Pennington. What do you think about Peralta in comparison to those guys? Don't, don't you have to say that in a Jerry Seinfeld voice? What's the deal? Well, yeah. What's the deal with Johnny Peralta? <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't think of him as uh, a slam dunk ten team guy. But if those are the best free agents, Cozart, Desmond, Pennington, then Peralta is uh, definitely worth rostering. Well, our last email comes from Mac in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, and look at him sucking up to me just to get his question read on the air. <laughs> He's a Giants fan. Go Big Blue. And he put it in gigantic bold letters. Oh, he did that, right? I swear. <laughs> you think I, I alter the emails. I have a lot of integrity, Nando. <laughs> um, actually, I'm reading his email because he says, are you sure Nando is not Neo? He sounds a lot like Keanu Reeves. <laughs> that's, a, that's the first time I've heard that. Is that's that the, really? That I sound like Keanu Reeves? That my name sounds like Keanu Reeves is character in the matrix you do sound you do have a little bit of a keanu reeves voice thing going he's a very successful man i'll take that perfect for for podcast (laughs) favorite uh favorite keanu reeves movie i did like the matrix i know i'm supposed to say point break to be all cool but i did like the matrix i uh i'm I'm even dorkier because i think i like bill and ted better than the matrix no bill and ted yeah i'd like to change my vote i like parenthood best you know that one? Yeah, really? Where he's like the sensitive guy yeah. in the motorcycle. Well, I, don't like, and not hit, I don't care about his role. <laughs> yeah. But I actually do. That's a, that's love a Steve that Martin. Movie. That's a Steve Martin movie. It's not I'm a Keanu Reeves movie, but I thought I would go I thought I would go into a deeper league there and go with Oh uh, fine, then I like uh, that Jack Nicholson Diane Keaton movie where he plays the random sensitive doctor. How do you like that? I'd never see that one. What is it? Uh, as good as it gets? No. No, that was uh what's her face from uh the show with Paul Reiser. I'm really Way off. <laughs> Helen Hunt. Helen Hunt, thank you. All right. Make sure to write to us and give us your favorite Keanu Reeves. Yeah, now that we've gone <laughs> right, totally right off to track. about that one. Yeah. Uh, well, the question was just about his lineup <laughs> and what, he, what we think he can do better. Uh, since he gave us the Nando Neo thing, I figured we'd read it. Alex Avila at catcher, Carlos Santana at first, Zobris Euculus as Drupal Cabrera, Matt Kemp, Andrew McCutcheon, Cameron Maven, Adam Lind, Felix Hernandez, Ian Kennedy. Uh, Brandon McCarthy, Francisco Liriano, John Axford, and J.J. Putz. Where, wh- what do you think uh, he could upgrade here on that roster? I'm a little, a I'm a little behind because I'm still thinking about Keanu Reeves here. <laughs> I, don't think uh, I think he'd do better than Scott Baker on his bench. And maybe Adam Lind in utility. Maybe put Carlos Lee in utility instead of Adam Lind for now. You know, this is, the, this is a pretty good roster. Yeah, it is. I have no beef. For a 12-team league, too. Obviously yeah. a podcast listener. Knows what he's doing. Good work. No beef. Maybe beef up the uh, the back end of your rotation a little bit or your bench. And everybody have a great weekend. We will be back on Monday to, uh, I don't know, maybe we'll do a little start sit on Monday. Definitely on Tuesday as we get you ready for, for Wednesday's opening day. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Thanks.